This is Upfront Tech. I'm Brian Edwards Teekert. Last fall, the tech world was all a Twitter over a post by Google employee James Damore, whose post suggested that the company's gender diversity problem might have more to do with women's genetics than the company's culture, and complaining that Google was too politically correct to engage his arguments. Now, that post and the fact that Damore eventually got fired over it, that made him famous and something of an icon to the alt-right. Damore is now suing Google for discrimination against white men like him. And a network of online trolls started an online harassment campaign against a handful of Google employees who are not straight white men like him. We're joined now by one of the targets of that online harassment campaign, recently fired by Google, now bringing his own lawsuit against the company, alleging he faced discrimination, harassment, and retaliation over speaking up for diversity and inclusion. Tim Chevalier, thank you for coming in. Hi, thanks. It's nice to be here. Um, And I should also mention, by way of full disclosure to our listeners, your attorney, David Lowe, is with us on the line. Um, So could you start your story at the beginning, just like describe how you landed at Google? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I landed at Google, I had been taking some time off for myself. I was evaluating whether I wanted to stay in the tech industry or not. Um, the situation I'm here to talk about today isn't my first rodeo. I've run into issues with diversity at many other companies I've worked at, and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to keep working in this industry or not. You know, there's lots of nice things about it. I love the work itself, and it pays well. Um, but, you know, I got into it because I love solving problems. Like, I'm a computer scientist. Like, that's what I do, um, and I still find a lot of inherent value in it. Um, but the culture of the industry was making me, uh, you know, lose my mental health and feel like I wasn't welcome and got in the way of me being able to do this work that I have spent years training for and that I love. Um, I did end up deciding to take a job at Google because I thought it was going to be different. Um, I had talked to other people there who have been involved in working for diversity for a long time and I felt like I had a chance of being able to thrive there and being able to do my job and not spend a lot of time dealing with issues of diversity. Um, and and I thought that was going to be true like for about a year. Uh, and then the November 2016 election happened and that sort of changed things. Um, I had you know tried to stay out of politics at work before and, and not get too involved in diversity issues because I had found in the past that led to repercussions for me that weren't positive. But after the election, I kind of felt like, well, you know, we have nothing to lose now. So I started to become more vocal internally. And while I got a lot of praise from my peers for doing that, people were always thanking me for sort of saying the things they didn't feel comfortable saying themselves. It eventually led to retaliation. So in in August of last year, shortly after uh, Demora's memo came out, um, I was sort of given a, a warning about things I had been writing uh, on Google's internal social media forums, um, and this was during a time when I was on leave. So after I returned from leave, I was given a list of originally seven things I'd written on internal forums that were judged to be you know, negative towards white men. And I should say that I am a white man, although I'm a white trans man. And then in November of last year, I was told... I was being fired because of three specific posts I had written, and it was made clear to me, you know, I wasn't being fired for performance reasons, I wasn't being fired for spending 
too much of my time on diversity work or community work. It was really for these three specific posts that they felt were, you know, hostile towards white men. What was in those posts? The first one was from uh, November 2016. And, you know, note that I am hearing about this from employee relations in September 2017. So there's quite a time gap. It was sort of right after the election, a lot of Googlers, Googlers is what Google people call themselves, were expressing their you know feelings uh, on internal social media about the election and feelings of sadness, grief, uh, fear um, about what was going to happen in this country. And in response to that, there was a small group of uh, Googlers who were saying, well, you know, I voted for Trump and this hurts my feelings that you're saying this. And like, I am not a racist just because I voted for Trump, like, or like, well, even I didn't vote for Trump, but you have to understand that, you know, people had economic anxiety and that led them to vote for Trump. And some of us pushed back on that and said like, hey, you know, when you're talking about how you voted for Trump because of these reasons and you were okay with ignoring his racism, you know, that creates a hostile environment for some of us. And so in particular, uh, and I should back up a little, Google has an internal tool called MemeGen. And, uh, you know, memes on the internet, probably most people have seen them. Um, They're pictures with text superimposed over them um, and used to convey all kinds of messages, sometimes just funny, sometimes political. So within Google, MemeGen is a tool um, that's really important, actually, for it seems like a silly thing, but it's used for people within the company to communicate their opinions about what's going on inside the company and sometimes outside. So I went on MemeGen and I was responding uh, to memes that other people were making that were sort of, you know, trying to center Trump voters' feelings um, in this uh, post-election scenario. And what I made was a meme saying that, you know, white men are not being harmed or oppressed. um, And that wasn't why they voted for Trump. Rather, it's that they're resentful that women and people of color and other minorities are kind of finally getting a say um, that white men saw equal time for other people as oppression to them. And I'm paraphrasing what I said, but it was basically my rephrasing of the phrase, when you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. So that was the first thing uh, that I was told was unacceptable because I was told by, again, employee relations, it's stereotyping white men as being uninterested in diversity. So the allegation is it it violates some company policy against harmful stereotyping. Again, yeah, that I was told specifically it was uh, a generalization about race or gender and that any generalizations about that were not okay. So yeah, that it um, violated a company policy about that. Um, The second one was also on MemeGen. And I should say all three of the comments that I was fired for were actually responses to other people's comments. So it wasn't like I was starting anything or bringing any kind of politics into the workplace that wasn't already there. It was me responding to workplace conditions. So the second one was um, there was a black engineer at Google who wrote uh, a post internally about how when they went through a locked door inside the office, if someone's following you in, you're supposed to ask them, hey, can I see your badge? Uh, If you don't know them. And that's a security thing and perfectly reasonable. But this um, engineer pointed out like, hey, I'm black. And I feel like people ask me for my badge a lot more often than they ask my white colleagues. And I feel like this is because of racism. Like, sure, probably unconscious racism, but it's still harmful. 
Um, so this person wrote that. And in response, somebody, uh, I think a white man, wrote on Meme Gen, uh, made a meme that was effectively saying, well, it's everybody's job to ask for a badge. So um, you can't complain, basically. Like, they're just doing their job. Be grateful. So I made a meme in response um, that had, uh, it was using a picture called known as the privilege denying dude. It's, uh, you, you know about it if you're in a certain feminist online group from years ago. And it's sort of a supercilious looking white guy kind of looking up and turning up his nose with his arms crossed. And I put in the caption, I have opinions about forms of oppression that don't affect me. And that was it. Uh, and, and that, uh, you know, that comment together with the image was also, I was told, an unacceptable generalization about white men, even though, you know, I didn't explicitly mention race or gender. The subtext of race or gender was certainly implied. Uh, so that was the second one. And again, there I was responding to uh, what I felt was a racist attack on a black engineer. And I was defending that person from what I thought was, you know, at the minimum, a microaggression. And I'd call it gaslighting. In social forums, there's always um, a question that flows from that, which is whether this is a dominant sentiment or whether this is the product of an extremely vocal minority. Yeah, and I would say that it's the answer isn't straightforward, but uh, I would say it's mostly the product of an extremely vocal minority. But there's also a kind of a majority that kind of sits back and doesn't rein in those groups and sort of tolerates it and... You know, what you choose to tolerate, I think, is a pretty big question here. And at Google, I think the as it has in the larger culture, like the sort of norm has drifted over the past year and things that weren't acceptable before have become acceptable parts of the discourse, as you saw with Demore's memo. You know, women and people of color get tired of having to prove their worthiness over and over. And unfortunately, the culture at Google really leads to them having to do that, which is what I was trying to push back against. Do you think that the technology, the internal social platforms, um, plays an enabling role? Is it a mistake for Google to have these internal forums the same way? I don't know. It might be a mistake for a democracy to have Twitter. <laughs> I don't think Twitter is a mistake for democracy. I do think having it controlled by a private corporation with no accountability is bad for democracy. And at Google, I don't think it's bad to have these forums, I think they can be extremely useful as uh, a support network, you know, for people that are in underrepresented groups. And we did use them that way as well. The problem is, uh, as it is in the outside world, is moderation. So when you have a social forum that's not moderated, this is the kind of problem you run into over and over because there's going to be bullying there's going to be harassment. The power dynamics of the outside world are going to reproduce themselves. So when you have moderators that are there to act based on the values of your organization, you know, this this isn't an impossible problem. It's kind of just a matter of putting people into it. But Google chooses not to actively monitor their internal forums and instead sort of reactively handle complaints when people file them. And of course, people from all sides file complaints. I complain about things that I thought were unacceptable. But, you know, the fact that it's sort of based on individual complaints means that if a group wants to organize against people who are talking about diversity, they can do that. And because HR and ER don't necessarily have all the contacts, they can, you know, treat these complaints as being valid. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing 
Google kind of famously turns down interview requests. Uh, we'll put one in with them, but I don't expect they'll speak to me. Uh, I'm guessing that if I could have a frank conversation with the person from employee relations who dealt with you, they would say, uh, we are moderating. That's why we fired James Damore. Uh, and that's why we fired Tim Chevalier. We have to have community standards. So w- let's switch from not moderating to what's wrong about how they are moderating. Yeah. Or what you see is wrong about how they are moderating. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, I mean, yes, to some extent they are moderating. But what I think is wrong about that is that, uh, you know, I think they were correct to fire Demore because he was disparaging people in minority groups, um, women, also people of color, although people haven't talked about that as much. And he was using his privilege as a white man to attack groups that experienced historical discrimination and ongoing discrimination. Meanwhile, I was not disparaging any groups, but rather I was pointing out ways in which white privilege and male privilege manifested at Google. Um, and that's just you know fundamentally different. It's pushing back on how systemic privilege plays out in the workplace um, is different from um, attacking uh, systematically disadvantaged groups. Did those prior interactions with employee relations leave you knowing where the line was and you chose to cross it? Or was it kind of coming out of left field when they brought down the hammer? I'd say it was coming out of left field. Um, I didn't know where the line was because there was never a line explicitly stated. You know, the the warnings I got before were sort of framed as coaching. Um, and it wasn't, you know... Yeah, it it was, well, you can't say this, but there's there was never a line defined. And in fact, I don't think they know where the line is. I think they decide on a case-by-case basis. And, you know, it's very hard to follow rules when you don't know what they are. You know, we yes, we are told in the employee handbook, like, you can't discriminate against, you know, people based on race, gender, list of other characteristics. And I don't consider, you know, pointing out white privilege or pointing out male entitlement or um, someone else I know got a warning for talking about uh, toxic masculinity. I don't consider talking about toxic masculinity to be anti-male because it's not saying masculinity is bad. It's saying a particular way in which masculinity manifests itself is has negative consequences. So I don't see any of those things as discrimination um, and there is never a clear um, communication of, you know, what Google considers discrimination. Uh, at the time you were hired at Google, 82% male in technical fields. Vast majority of employees were white, almost no African-Americans. This is a company that has an official explicit commitment to diversity and inclusion, and they have a lot of resources to spend pursuing those goals. Um, why do you think the numbers are so bad? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you see that a company, and I think the numbers might be for engineering specifically, but that's where the problem is the worst. So when you see it's 82% male, where you see 2% of the workforce is black, like, I look at those numbers and I say, well, like, women aren't there because it's not safe for women. Black people aren't there because it's not safe for black people. There's plenty of qualified women and qualified black people and qualified Latino and Latina people that could be there. And if they're not there, it's because they're being told this isn't for you. You know, people want uh, jobs that are high paying where you sit at a desk instead of working in a factory. 
um, where you're doing challenging, interesting intellectual work, like, you know, those are desirable things, uh, not to mention being in an office with free massages, free snacks, free espresso. Like, you know, Google is a pretty attractive place to work if, you know, you're not a person that the environment is structurally hostile to. Your situation is a little different from the black employee who's getting asked for his badge a lot more than other employees um, because you're trans, but that's not obvious to someone who's just interacting with you. Do you ever feel like, you know, maybe I should just pipe down, focus on my work, yeah, stay out of um, the fights? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, a couple things. Um, so, you know, I'm trans. Most people perceive me as a cis, non-trans man. Um, but, you know, I do present sometimes in a way that's gender nonconforming. So I do think I was visibly different, not in the same way that, you know, the black Googler talking about getting asked for a badge was. And that person's experience, I wouldn't want to compare to mine at all because they deal with things I just can't mm -hmm. imagine. So, yeah, I definitely thought about just piping down, you know, and keeping my head down and focusing on my day job. And that's what I tried to do for, you know, the first year that I was there, like, I thought to myself, you know, I've been through this before. It just leads to me getting retaliated against. You know, I don't want to deal with diversity. It, sh it should, you know, that's that's their job. Like, I, ultimately, I think companies are better off um, just purely economically when they uh, try to increase their own diversity. So I thought, you know, that's in their self-interest. They should be doing it themselves. And I don't want to kind of do it as an extra volunteer job. But, you know, after the election, it kind of just became clear that we were in a desperate situation and I wanted to kind of resist the tide of white supremacy within Google because, you know, Google has so much power and it's important, you know, who is represented there and who is able to get heard within Google. One of the other reasons why I wanted to keep speaking up was like, you know, the example of the black Googler getting asked for their badge, like clearly people weren't believing this person when they talked about their experience. And I hoped that I could use my white privilege, you know, to say like, hey, you know, you should listen to this person, you know, to amplify their voice. And I I think, you know, being an ally is, is doing that, is kind of stepping in and taking some risks. Do you think in some way cracking down on you is like political cover for their firing James Damore, like that they wanted to be able to say publicly that they had fired someone coming from the social justice side of the spectrum to enforce the same workplace standards that they were using to, to fire this conservative inside the company. I think it was an attempt to work off sort of a, a both sides kind of philosophy. You know, you heard Donald Trump after the Charlottesville riots say, well, there were good people on both sides. And I think Google was trying to work off that philosophy, and it's possible that they sincerely believe that. You know, you could have one explanation of what happened to me that says, like, well, you know, it's legal uh, covering. They're kind of afraid of more white men suing them for discrimination against conservative views or for, against white men, and they fired me because I was one of the people that was creating those conditions that they might have complained about. So you can say that if you want to be cynical. Um, but if you want to be a little less cynical, you can say, well, Google really believes that, you know, both sides should be civil and using the word civil in a very particular way. You can say that they sort of value the 
absence of tension over the presence of justice in Martin Luther King's words. I think a lot of it is this sort of both sides idea that you shouldn't be too extreme on one side or the other. And that, you know, when you're talking about injustice, it's important to be polite and civil about it, which really means, you know, it's important to talk about it in a way that a white cis straight man would talk about it. So let's stipulate that uh, everything you posted on these internal messaging boards was 100% correct and righteous. Um, do you think it actually got through to anyone and changed any minds? Are our social platforms a place for making change? Absolutely. Um, a lot of people will tell you, you know, never read the comments or don't have arguments online. And obviously there's a time and a place for everything. I don't think any, uh, anybody should feel like they should engage in every argument because there's not enough time in the day for that. But I, I do know that I got through to people because they told me so. Like, huh. I got emails from coworkers pretty often saying, like, hey, thank you for your post. You know, it really made me think differently about some issues. You know, it's there's never a clear, like, oh, I thought X before and now I think Y. It's like, you know, you challenged me and you made me think more about things I had taken for granted before. So I absolutely know that I did get through to people, and that's why I think it's worth it. Tim Chevalier, thank you so much for coming in to speak with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Tim Chevalier is a former software developer and site reliability engineer at Google. He was recently fired. He is also the plaintiff in a lawsuit alleging that that termination was the product of retaliation, harassment, and discrimination because of his online internal advocacy for diversity and inclusion. That does it for this edition of Upfront Tech. If you like what you're hearing, help us out. Rate and review us in whatever app you use to listen. It really helps us get the word out. Upfront Tech is produced and hosted by me, Brian Edwards Teeker, with help from Lucy Kang. If you just found this, especially if you live in the Bay Area, you might also like the daily show that we produce at KPFA. It's called Upfront, No Tech. We're on live weekday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific, streaming at kpfa.org or over the terrestrial airwaves at 94.1 FM. We also love to hear what you think. Send email to upfront at kpfa.org.